What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. This is the Fantasy Alarm NASCAR DFS Podcast. I am Dan Malin. I am joined by the FSWA three-time NASCAR Writer of the Year, Matt Sells. Matt, we are fresh off Bristol Dirt. We survived it. We made it through it, and we actually made a little bit of money on it. How? What? What is your reaction to last week's race, and how excited are you for just some good old-fashioned short track racing at Martinsville? Uh, I was pretty happy with last week's race. I thought it was a very solid race. I really love the racing at the end of stage two where everybody was slipping, sliding, trading places. Um, there was a bunch of different lines on that racetrack. It came in really, really well. Um, it was, it was great. There was a lot of interesting strategy calls. I thought it was relatively clean for DFS. Yes, there were cautions, but I'm not entirely sure that there were more cautions in that one than a normal Bristol race. Um, so overall, I'm I'm pretty happy. Um, wish I had a little bit more Christopher Bell than I did, but um, you know, such is the case. Now I'm leaning on him this week, and the guy goes out and lays an egg and <laughs> practice and qualifying. So we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, Martinsville. I love Martinsville. The paperclip. I love the beating and the banging that happens. I love the crowd reactions to everything that happens on this track. Um, basically nobody gets out unscathed. We've seen Denny Hamlin boot here multiple times. <laughs> um, we've seen him get into fisticuffs with a few different people. We've seen Joey Logano get into fisticuffs here. Truex won a race and then broadcast a fight while he was giving his post-race interview <laughs> a few years ago. Um, <clears throat> so we've seen a little bit of everything. We've seen the hall to wall from Ross Chastain last year. So I'm excited, man. Like, yeah, it's three straight dirt, it's three straight short tracks, but they're all a little different. And um, we get Martinsville chaos leading into Talladega chaos next week. So it's it's a pretty good, pretty good time in the NASCAR schedule. All right. As we've noted multiple times before, uh Martinsville. I mean, do we before we dive into a track breakdown, uh driver pool preview? This is actually the second time Matt and I have tried to record this podcast. We actually had a really nice tangent on the Friday Night Truck Series race. I think we're both just in agreement. It it wasn't a good race when over half the race is run under yellow. And you yeah. pretty much just run enough laps to get to the halfway point to call it an official race. Um, I lost $3. I played $35 in tournaments last night. Uh, we're recording this Friday evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, I, I won 32 bucks, so I had a negative $3 loss. Not great. It was a really ugly race, which is a shame because Kyle Busch looked so fast in the first stage when they were running green. Uh, he even lapped Ross Chastain at one point, but then uh, a, a variety of factors came in. I pretty much fell asleep during the second stage, and I was kind of in and out after that. Corey Heim gets the win, but I wouldn't feel particularly great about that win either. Like, this is one of those races when we go to, like, future Martinsville races and we're looking at the trucks. It's like you can't take anything away from that race. Right. I mean, they ran 60-something green flag laps out of 124. Um, we we figured out that at 23, 24-second laps, which is about what the trucks do, that's 23 and a half minutes of actual racing. Um I mean, hell, in Group A in practice for Cup Series on Saturday evening, a few guys did 50-plus laps in the 20-minute practice. So it, it wasn't a great look. I understand they had to get it in or lose the race. 
basically because it's such a tight schedule with a triple race weekend at Martinsville and you're not going to have the truck guys camp out until um, like Monday because that's not great for anybody. Um, but it, it wasn't great. So um, with that being said, we don't have any concerns about weather going forward. The cup race looks fine. In fact, they keep bumping it up. I think it's up to 2.56 p.m. Eastern now for the green flag. They bumped it up like 15 minutes. They should just bump it up to 2 o'clock. They, they, I mean, it's, I don't, I mean, I, I <laughs> guess they're trying to bump it so that any late occurring rain might be avoided at the end of the race is what I'm guessing. Other than that, I'm not sure why they're, they're bumping it up 15 minutes. It doesn't seem like a TV related thing. It seems more like a weather thing that they don't want to get hit at the end of the race. Um, now keep in mind. The cup race this time around is 400 laps. It's not 500 laps. It's 400 laps. So it's a whole 100 laps shorter than the fall race. Um, so if you're banking on those laps led, you're going to get 100 fewer of them this time than you did in the fall race. Um, this is not the first time that's happened. They've done it a couple of years now in a row in the spring race at Martinsville. Because we don't need two 500 lappers at Martinsville. We, no. we just... Um, all right. As far as this race is shaping up we we've had practice we've had qualifying um i only have my reservations made on DraftKings for tournaments uh, i have reservations in the chrome horn the happy hour the three dollar three max uh the rainbow warrior which is the 24 dollars single entry as well as the 12 dollars single entry i don't know they can't really name that one after blaney just yet um but i am probably going to make some reservations sunday morning for cash games Based on how qualifying kind of sh shook out, and we'll we'll get to drivers and our our thoughts on how cars were set up. But overall, like, are you do you agree that this is a good you know track and a, and a good race for cash games uh, on Sunday? I do. I think uh, based on how qualifying shook out, I think there's a a bunch of different ways you could go. Actually, um, I know we talk about Martinsville being tough to pass. That is true. But by the way, nobody from the front row has won since Jimmy Johnson in like 2013 here. Um, now, that's not to say that people from the top 10 don't win because eight of the last 10 races here, guys starting in the top 10 have won them. Um, but you you can move up. You can use strategy. You can use pit strategy and, you know, long run speed and cautions and whatever to move up through the field here. The passing is possible. It's tough, but it's possible. So, we can build a little bit for PD. Now, our normal concern with short tracks are back. Lapping is a thing here, like mm -hmm. very quickly. So anybody starting outside the top 30, you're going to have to make a pretty strong case for me to want to play them. There are some very interesting guys starting outside that, <laughs> outside the top 30, one of whom our colleague Ed Rouse <laughs> might have a problem with. But the problem is that lapping, as you just heard in the truck race, happened very quickly, even under not ideal conditions. And in the cup race, we're going to have ideal conditions. We've got very fast guys in the front of the pack. So that's the only concern, really, with going straight PD. Um, is A, you don't get any laps led. Uh, and B, lapping can happen, which then cuts off your position differential. So I do think cash is definitely viable. Um, I think there's a bunch of really interesting ways to build for both GPP and cash this week. Uh, don't go all PD or all front 
whichever you do. Um, I would say for cash, we're going to focus more on PD. And for GPPs, we're going to sell out more for lap sled. But other than that, you could play a lot of the same guys across the spectrum. Well, it's interesting that you said because Ryan Priest, who is 7,400, did land the pole. Or would yeah. you be okay playing Priest in cash games? I would here because you can tend to, and he looked good. Like it's not like he eked out the pole. Like he, he, he was fast. Like, he was fast. He was like a full yeah. car length ahead of Suarez, who, by the way, I don't know where the hell that speed <clears throat> came from because this has not been a good track for Daniel Suarez. <laughs> it's, it's not been um, a good experience here. So, um, you know, I, I would say that given, what laps led mean here and that you can click off like 70 of them in a blink of an eye. I think priest is cash game viable. I would go a little lower on him in cash games than I would in GPPs. Um, he's going to be incredibly popular in GPPs. Incredibly popular. I agree. Uh, he's $7,400 and he's a pole sitter at a track where you can click off a hundred laps without even blinking an eye. Yeah, and as long as like the first stage stays green and he does right. purely just run up front, you know, you Not could probably tolerate him. Yeah, you could probably just deal with the fact that he could lose over 10 spots of, of PD, finish outside the top 10, maybe even like 15th. But as long as he leads the entire stage, there's still clearly a path for him to be in the optimal lineup as long as he leads every lap in the first stage. Yeah, I mean... I don't even know if we need every lap. I think we need like most of them. But um, now, do we want him falling all the way back to like 20th? No, but that's the risk you take in GPPs, right? So I think he's viable for both. I think in short tracks, you can build fairly similar lineups. I just think for GPPs, we're building more around guys who are starting closer to the front. In cash, you're building a couple of those and then more PD plays, I think is the main difference. Uh, that I'm approaching with my builds. And and obviously, there are some drivers who you're like, well, they look fast this weekend and they've looked fast this year, but historically they suck here, so we'll take a shot in a GPP with them because things are going their way right now, right? And then there's other guys where it's like, well, they've historically been really good here, but they don't look good this weekend. And one of those guys is Ryan Blaney. I, I want your thoughts on on Ryan Blaney this week oh, um, very very intrigued he's 9500 bucks and he's starting on dk and he's starting uh 31st that's my big concern like i i'd probably play him in cash and that's about it like a lot of casual players will look at a guy like ryan Blaney. like 9500 is, is the price that you can pay for a guy that's offering pd but also this this seems like a really good spot to the point where it's like he's 9500 he's starting outside the top 30 this is this is supposed to be good equipment but i also like i would love the leverage of not eating this chalk and Correct. watching it bust Correct. so if i am going to play him it's probably just cash games um because when, when you play martinsville dfs you really don't need dominator points at his price tag. Correct. But you still probably want it. Um, he's 9,500. He's starting outside the top 30. Like, what is he doing to hit value? Like, even if he finishes 15th and you add the PD, that's 
44 points. That's almost 5X value. But in this price range, there probably is a guy that's going to go out there and break the slate because he's probably going to finish top 10 or maybe top five. And he's going to get dominator points. And so I think if I'm only playing tournaments, this is a good spot to just get weird. Not even necessarily get weird, but just to like be under. And you don't have to full fade him because I'm probably doing 40 lineups and tournaments between the Chrome Horn and the Happy Hour. And I'm probably going to mix him into probably 10 to 15% of my builds. But uh, th this just screams, and based on what I've seen this year and how the, the Penske has looked on short flight tracks, I'm okay fading him in the spot. I think I'm with you. I, I mean, it's yeah. hard to say considering the fact that the guy has seven top fives in the last <clears throat> 10 races here, right? Like, yeah. But if you look at that, he's never started this far back in any of those races. Like the farthest back he started in those 10 races is 17th. And when he started 17th, he pulled off a fourth place finish, which is nice. But if you're saying, okay, the max PD he's ever gotten is like 13 spots, that kind of caps it for you, right? Like if we need him yeah. to get top 14, then you need him to produce 17 spots of PD, which is possible. But it's something he's not really ever done nor had to do with this track, nor has Penske come into Martinsville looking this flat out bad. That being said, he did have speed at similar tracks this year. It's hard to ignore that. But again, he started at those tracks closer to the front than he's starting here. And by the way, at Richmond, he didn't look all that great either. <laughs> like he got some fastest laps, but. He didn't have the best run. Um, no, and, and I think even if you look at his run at uh, Phoenix back in March over a month ago, you know, he started, he started eight, eight. He finished second. And he, but at that price, he was 10,300 and he got 53 points, which is fine. That's 5X value. But when you pay that kind of price tag, you are expecting you a 70 to 80 that. point performance. Correct. Yeah. Right. You need more than just PD. You also need now he's 9,500 this time around. He's he's 9,500 this time around, and he's starting much farther back, so he can easily eclipse five, maybe even six x value. But I, I I am in a spot where if anything goes wrong with that guy, and this is Martinsville, and he's starting far back, so it's like it's possible that the car is just and he gets it gets lapped early on, maybe even falls two laps down after the first stage. If he wrecks, he's done, and that's going to screw probably 30 to 40% of lineups and tournaments. If he has a pit road penalty, that's going to screw him as well. So, you know, we'd love targeting PD, but this is a track where, you know, maybe targeting too much PD is, uh, is, is what does your DFS lineup in. And so I'm okay eating the chalk if I'm building a cash lineup and putting him in. The same probably goes for Ross Chastain, who's 8,800, and he's starting P34. But that, at a track like this, this, this is a really good spot to get leverage and just be underweight compared to the field in regards to Ryan Blaney. Now, what, I want your opinion on Hendrick this week, because obviously we've buried the lead here. He's only back sooner than I thought he was going to be, but it's arguably his best oval. Like, obviously, yeah. road courses are a league of their own, but Martinsville is arguably his best open. 
So, you know, he says he got a few few days in the simulator. He felt fine. Okay, but the actual forces in a simulator aren't what they actually are in a car. Um, now, Doc Barry is on standby in case they have to pull Chase out. And as long as Chase starts the race, you will get all of the points for Chase Elliott. If he, like, let's say he starts at the end of the first stage, he can't do it. His his knee and leg and whatever are barking at him. They pull him out. They put Josh Barry in. Regardless of what Josh Barry does, you will still get the points for Chase Elliott. Right? Um, but I'm very, it's very interesting to me what they've done with some of this pricing. First of all, Chase Elliott is the third most expensive Hendrick car on DK. Uh, Byron and Larson are the top two most expensive guys. Uh, Byron has been a co-favorite or favorite all week to win. Now, he won this race last year, and he's looked pretty fast in general uh, on shorter tracks. Uh, I I don't know how to read Hendrick, though, because I, I feel like I don't... Like, we've got Bowman starting 23rd, Chase is starting 24th, Larson starting 19th, and Byron is starting 8th. Um, My thoughts on Hemrick are pretty much the only one I... I don't think I want to play is Larson. Kind of with you. Because it, it's basically the same argument we just made against Ryan Blaney. Um, and it feels weird yeah. to say this because Larson won the Richmond race two weeks ago, which is a short flat track. But I think the consensus is that most people believe he didn't have the best car that day. I'm pretty sure um, he admitted he didn't have the best car that day. Right. And so, you know, he is the second most expensive driver on DraftKings. He is 10,600. He is starting P19. He has an easy path, and by all means, he should finish in the top five. And that probably gets him to 5x value. However, if he's not leading laps uh, in tournaments, he's not going to pay off that, that 10,600 price tag because, as we said with Wayne, when you're paying over $10,000 for a driver in, in DraftKings, uh, especially at the cup level, in a race like this that's going to have over 200 dominator points available, you're going to want Larson to give you a score that's in that 70 to 80 point range. And I don't think he's had the greatest track record at Martinsville. Um, no, he's he's not. He's I mean, he's all right. He's not terrible. But like exactly normally he starts about eighth and his average finish in the last eight races here is 15th. He's got two top fives three top tens at eight races so but but a year ago we we were at this race and the consensus was was that you build your tournament lineups with chase elliott and william byron and i think that combo was perfect and i think it nailed in a lot of tournament tur tournaments sorry <laughs> um so for that reason like i i don't have a ton of faith in larson i think he's a good pd play i think he can probably finish top five he probably gets a couple fastest laps as well but he's, he's a guy that really needs to lead probably at least 100 laps. I don't know that that's in the table for him. But meanwhile, you know, we have Chase Elliott, who's 9,300, starting a few spots further back at P24. He's only starting P24 because on his qualifying lap, I think he, he scrubbed the wall. the wall. Yeah. And so that really threw off his time. I think what it was was that he was really excited to just get back in the car. He wanted to lay down a fast lap. There's speed in the car. 
Um, and then he just got a little overexcited, probably wanted to send too much of a message like, you know, I'm back. Uh, and he, he got into the wall. Um, but as far as his, his physical health is like, it sounds like he's okay. I, I don't think that, you know, Josh Berry is going to tag in and, 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 and finish this race for him. I think Chase Elliott will finish the race. Um, if, if there was any doubt it, regarding his health, I think that they would just have Barry run the race anyway. Right. I mean, they're not going to put their golden boy in, in danger this quickly right. just because, I mean, Barry was racing well in that car and let's not forget that Barry got a win here to put yeah. him on the map. Right. Like it's not like Barry's an unaccomplished short tracker. Like mm -hmm. he's arguably better in this car than chase would be. So, um, I, I'm with you. I don't think health is a concern. I was pointing that out in case anybody had any questions coming up that if Barry tags in what happens to Chase, you still get the points from Chase. Now, to your point, based on practice 10-lap averages, which we can dig a little deeper and go, let me see if I can find the like 20-lap averages because those are usually better at a place like uh, Martinsville. Um, but based on 10-lap averages... Zane Smith actually ran a faster 10 lap average, um, or basically the same, basically the same 10 lap average as Kyle Larson did. Um, Kyle Larson ran a 10 lap average in 15th at an average uh, speed of 91.50, and Zane Smith ran it at 91.49. I'm not saying Zane Smith is viable, I'm just saying right. that it doesn't. No, I, I know, I know, I get it, yeah. Byron was second in 10 lap average and Chase fifth. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I know the equipment that Zane Smith is running in this weekend. Yeah, please don't go play Zane Smith because I mentioned right. he was almost as fast. As, like, back markers get lapped here quickly. Yeah, he's still starting pretty far back. He's still in equipment that won't last more than like 25 laps. So, like, you know, just because a guy goes fast for 10 laps at Martinsville doesn't mean he's got the speed. Now, uh, if we go look at 20-lap average, William Byron is fastest. Yeah. And then, by the way, you get Ryan Blaney at fifth. Just a, a little circle back there. Uh, Chase Elliott is sixth fastest, I think. One, two, three, four, five. Sixth fastest. Larson is eighth fastest in 20 lap average. But Bowman, I don't want any parts of Bowman. Uh, really? Why? I, he's 8,200 and he's P23. Like, he's a guy that I would strictly pay play for the PD and hope for a top 10 and be perfectly fine if he doesn't get any dominators. I mean, doesn't he have like Blake Harris back too at this point? He should. Um, I just don't like the speed that he hasn't, like, he's not really shown good speed here. And I know they can tweak the cars a little bit, and they might have been testing uh, different setups, which I think is what JGR was doing. I think you and I are both on that same page that they I mean, he's top 10 at Richmond and Phoenix. Okay. I mean, that's fair. He did start eight at the Phoenix. He started on the pole at Richmond and then went backwards and didn't really lead a bunch of laps. Um, Phoenix is reasonably close. 
um, to hear. But, I mean, Bowman's also had an okay, like, yes, he has a win here, as does basically everybody in the Hendrick garage. But, like, his average start over the last nine races here is 13.8. His average finish is 14.1. So he's just as likely to finish in the top six as he is to finish outside the top 30. Um, do you want to briefly touch on JGR and SHR? Yeah, we can. I mean, I know this is turning into a little bit more of a dive into drivers, but I wouldn't read that much into practice data for JGR. I think people are going to bail on JGR, and I think that's the wrong move. So I think you and I both agreed that they tried probably four different setups on the four different cars, and it just so happens that Martin Truex probably had the right setup. Which is hilarious. <clears throat> right. But um, this is also the track where <clears throat> Truex basically owns it because he's named Martin and it's Martinsville. Uh, but Denny Hamlin on um, Actions Denver his his podcast uh, through the Dirty Mo Media Network, uh, he seemed very confident that this was going to be the week that they his team turned it around. The team has kind of underperformed for the most part. Um, damn, they have really underperformed, actually. Yeah, but it's not been good for the LA. Um, But, I mean, at Richmond a couple weeks ago, he led 71 laps with 19 fastest laps. Um, <laughs> terrible run at Phoenix. Holy crap. Uh, but Denny Hamlin has won here multiple times. I mean, th this is the kind of track that, JGR should be good at. And I think you and yes. I just both agree that they were just trying different setups and they nailed it with the Truex car. And I think that they'll make the right adjustments to have Bell, Hamlin, Truex, uh, and I, I guess <laughs> Ty Gibbs is actually coming into the race with the longest top 10 streak in NASCAR. Um, and he's starting P12. I it's can't bring myself. It's very ridiculous. I don't know what um, I'm doing with Ty Gibbs. <clears throat> Perfectly. I mean, he did. He did technically do well here in the fall Xfinity race, but that was <laughs> his damn teammate yeah. out of the way. Um, I I think people are going to bail somewhat on some like some of the cheap Toyotas. I think are in play. Yes, hint, hint Bubba Wallace is going to be in the playbook because I think he's actually a sneaky good short track racer. I really do. Um, he showed pretty good speed over the long run here. He's starting ninth. I don't think there's any reason not to play him. Um, I don't know what to do with Ty Gibbs, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think, I think Denny's he's a guy that I'm up. probably going to play in probably like 10 to 15% of my lineups because he doesn't you know, have to do anything to hit value. He just stays where well, he because is. I in previous podcasts, we've preached about how, you know, it's like you, you really, if you're going to pay down, pay down for guys that are kind of starting inside the top 20 and that just kind of hold their position on the lead lap. And him and Ty Gilliland, that's what they're in position to do. As long, yep. And it's it's like Connor Jones of the truck race last night. When he was running, that truck was a top 16 truck. And granted, he finished 18th and a lot of the laps were run under yellow. But he held his position and he – returned some semblance of DS DFS value and who Ty gives credit. He has returned at least 43 points in four straight races. But I mean, we are mixing in Atlanta, uh, Richmond, a dirt race and a okay. high variance road course. Yeah. And so, you know, he has four. Yeah, straight there's, not, 
if you're asking him to get you dominator points, which he doesn't need at this price, you're probably looking at the wrong guy because he <clears throat> he only gets a smattering of fastest laps, right? To this point, right? Um, but he does have four straight top tens. You can't can't fault the dude for finishing in the top ten. I do think that Denny Hamlin's the under the radar guy. I think Truex is going to be pretty highly played. Christopher Bell, I love this week. Uh, I, yeah, his car should be fine. I think he'll he'll be fine. I think there's a lot of people panicking because he looked like he was sleeping through practice and not doing very much, and he's starting 22nd. Well, you want to know where he won from last fall? 20th. So I'm not all that. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not all that off of him. I wrote him up before uh, qualifying as a pick to win in my betting piece on picks wise. Um, uh, he's arguably the most consistent Toyota driver they've had over the last year and a half, basically. Um, you know, yeah, it wasn't a great road race for him, but whatevs. That was a a, a wicked. Wicked end of that race of Coda, and who cares? It's a road course. Dirt race, it's his specialty. So, you know, yeah, he won it. He dominated that race. It's his specialty. But, like, Phoenix, he ran very solidly. Richmond, he had a great – and and for – by the way, guys, uh, if you're concerned about, oh, he won't be able to lead laps or get dominator points, he started 21st at Richmond, finished 4th. Led 26 laps and finished and had 15 fastest laps. Basically looking for him to do that again, which he can. So I don't know what to do with, with SHR. I mean, let me put it this way. I like several of the SHR guys coming into the I mean, league. they have speed. They qualified well. They have speed. <laughs> yeah. They qualified well. I did put a couple of them in my picks to win piece coming into um, the week before qualifying, before practice, that came out Friday afternoon. So, how is none Kevin of the Harvick 8,400? What is going on? I don't know, man. He's finished fifth, fifth, and ninth at Richmond, Phoenix, and the dirt race this year. Uh, I mean, I, I honestly don't know why he finished ninth at the dirt race because I completely lost track of him late <clears> in that race. <throat> fifth at Phoenix, the track he's good at, and fifth at yeah. Richmond. Uh, there's no reason he was 10 8 at Richmond and now he's 8400 at Martinsville. <laughs> this is insane, and it's not like he was a bust last week on the dirt. Like, usually, I think DraftKings is what? fairly reactionary to the previous race for their pricing. He was 8300 last week on dirt, grabbed a he finished ninth after starting 26 and he put up 52 DraftKings points. He's put up 46, 50, and 52 points in his last three races. And by the way, he's 80 at Phoenix. And yeah. Like, what are they doing with this price tag? I don't know. I mean, his to be fair, to be fair to them, his history in Martinsville is not the greatest. But it's also not terrible, okay? So the last 10 races in Martinsville, granted, it spans, like, three generations of cars. His average start is 9.4. His average finish is 11.2. He's got five top 10s. He's got eight top 15s. So, yeah. like, he's like normally we say he's just a guy that just hangs around these tracks and just hangs out. But at 8,400 bucks, I'm perfectly fine with a dude just hanging out. Yeah. Like, he's starting seventh. 
Would I have liked to have seen him start a little further back? Sure, but maybe starting seventh will get some leverage on the field because maybe some people look past him um, to, like, I don't know, Bowman at <laughs> 200 bucks less starting P23. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Go ahead and keep going. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Briscoe's interesting to me. I think he's a sneaky pick to win. He's starting fourth. I would have liked to have seen him start a little lower, but like for betting, I like to see him start fourth because <laughs> I I wrote him up at like thirty five to one before practice and qualifying. To I win. mean, he won the first Phoenix race last year. He finished seventh third this year. He was top twelve at Richmond. You know, there's I can't call him a complete long shot because he is in good equipment. But yeah, yeah I mean, I had him at thirty five to one before He's, practice. And, yeah, he's starting in the second row, so that's that's certainly viable. Um, I mean, we'll see what they've adjusted his odds to now because they're not up yet. But this has definitely been more of a long-winded podcast, so I I don't think we should give too much away because you do have the playbook coming out. But you know, are there any other drivers or strategies, maybe contest selection that we haven't touched on that you want to briefly uh, indulge in, or, or would you be content with this podcast that where it's at? Um. I would say again, if you're looking at GPP, we're looking for maybe maybe you're doing four guys starting inside the top twenty for GPP with a couple of laps led dominators. Um, if you're doing cash, probably doing one laps led dominator and then a couple more guys starting. I don't know, twenty fifth, like in the top twenty five. Oh, I still don't want to go that far back. Like Ryan Blaney, short special cases. His equipment should be good enough to keep him from getting lapped all that fast. Um, but I, I wouldn't go for too many more dudes who are back that far in not great equipment. So just this is kind of I know it's the Cup Series and everybody's supposed to be on a more level playing field, but they're not. Um, back markers are still back markers, and they really, really show up here. Um, so you know, I, I would expect a decent amount of cautions too, because one car spins on short tracks, bring out cautions basically every time. Um, they do have wet tires. <clears throat> not for racing in the wet they're just for getting started in the damp so they don't have to dry the track quite as much but i don't think there's rain in the forecast so um that shouldn't really be a problem but yeah look for the playbook um it'll be out late saturday night um you know these kind of late practices are i i want to get a jump on writing guys up and then i'm like well if i write like basically the whole playbook and then half the dudes don't do what I expect and I have to rewrite half the playbook and then that's just a waste of people's time. Um, so it'll be out. I don't want to talk about everybody because I do have some sneaky plays up my up my sleeve. Awesome. Well, I think we gave people a good enough jump start to at least give them an idea of how to approach line of building. Yeah, and then projections will be out probably Sunday morning. I hope Ed doesn't listen to us talk about Brian Blaney, though. I mean, I said nice things. I wrote them up in the Pixwise piece. I said, I said nice things. But I also told you you might want to be careful. Playing the game. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it. He's got it rough, man. Being, being the sports fan he is, he he doesn't get a lot of nice things very often. 
he's a Padres, Chargers, Clippers, Blaney fan. So there's not a whole lot of nice things coming his way. Yeah. He's <laughs> the luxury of living in California. But uh, Matt, as always, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck to you this week and best of luck to the FA Nation. Best of luck, FA Nation.